It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to BGN Radio. Thrown out to the far side of the bubble screen and running in for the touchdown is Jeremy Macklin. Right here on bleedinggreennation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly. Mm. And part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? Uh, we have uh, made it to episode number 76. Right here on uh, BleedingGreenNation.com. And we are joined by the bold and the beautiful Mr. Brandon Lee Gowton. What's going on, buddy? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Glad to be back. And, of course, to Mr. James Zeltzer from 97.5 The Fanatic. What's happening, buddy? John, uh, you know, you, the season ends. You expect to have at least maybe a couple weeks to recover and, and you know, <laughs> look ahead to the off season. But no, John, not here. Not well, in Philadelphia. Yeah, a lot of people saying, well, the off season's going to suck. And, uh, I mean, Brandon the Machine, of course, now has things to write about. We'll get into this whole situation now that we've had a couple of more days and we didn't really talk about the power shift on the last episode. Uh, you know, I kind of left it as more or less. We don't have enough information on what exactly is going on. I still don't think we have that. We have, might have a couple more answers, but Brandon, I mean, this is there's, I think there's been a different kind of, there's been different kind of takes on how crucial and important this is of whether it's not that big of a deal. It's a huge deal. It's somewhere in between. Where are you on this as far as Chip Kelly taking things over in the personnel world and shoving Howie to the side here? What do you make of all this initially? Well, before we even get into it, I mean, just what a crazy, crazy past couple of days. I mean, we go from, you know, Tom Gamble being fired, which certainly no one saw coming. I think we all saw 
a good chance that he wouldn't be back because he maybe get hired somewhere else or something like that. But no one saw it. Just, you know, you know, I'm looking at Twitter, blah, blah, blah. Tom Gamble fired. I was like, okay, like, that came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. So, and then you go from there to Howie having all the power to Chip Kelly might not even be returning to Philadelphia. Everyone freaking out. Mike Florio dropping that Twitter bomb about something big might happen. And now you go to that to, to, you know, Chip is really staying and he's uh, strongly cemented here now because he does have all the power. Now, is this, is this an issue? Uh, is this a good thing or a bad thing? You, you know me. I like to argue both sides of the coin all the time. <laughs> Come on. But I really, tell me how you feel. <laughs> so lukewarm. But seriously, I, I, I really don't know how to feel about this. Uh, in terms of like, I can't say it's either just good or bad. I really think it could be both. I think uh, I'll start at the bad. It's bad because I think we all have questions about Chip Kelly's talent evaluation, uh, his ability as, you know, a scout, a GM, not that he's unqualified, you know, he knows football, but you know, that's not necessarily his expertise. He's, He's a smart guy, but where I think we all feel comfortable with him is as a coach. You know, we know he can coach. He's proved that. I don't know if he's really proven he can be a talent evaluator. I think there's always a conflict of interest when it comes to being both a coach and a GM because, you know, typically you think the GM is supposed to have more of a long-term outlook where the coach is trying to do everything they can to win now, so there could be some conflict of interest. On the other hand, I've said it all along with the quarterback position. Uh, I, I want Chip Kelly... If he's going to fail, and obviously, you know, no one wants to see him fail, but if he is going to fail, you want to see him do it at his own hand. You don't want to, the worst case scenario would be Chip Kelly fails and it's for some reason out of his control and, you know, something held him back. So now it's not like that. It's all on him. Uh, if he if he succeeds, he'll get all the credit. If he fails, you know, it's his fault. And James, I mean, what what was your kind of take on, on, on that? And do you, do you think that, one, it might work. Is it, Will it work? Are you more towards that you are very cautious of this move? It's tough. I'm kind of in Brandon's camp. I, look, if it came down to, for me, give Chip this power or or he's gone, then I'm okay doing it. You know, as yeah. far as I'm concerned, I think Chip Kelly is valuable enough to take this risk, this shot on him. But, I mean, if you look at the history of football, at least especially the history of the last 20 years, you know, outside of Bill Belichick, you don't see this situation work out very often. Uh, and I know the whole parcels, you know, you if you're going to cook the meal, you want to shop for the groceries. And, um, you know, I get that. I get that. If you're a coach, you want to pick the players. You want to pick what guys, you know, you're going to stick into your system, into your plans. But at the same time, I think it's a lot of power, a lot of responsibility for any one person, regardless of whether it's Chip Kelly or Bill Belichick or whoever it is. Uh, and again, Belichick, it, it's, it works. Clearly it works. But uh, I, I'm wary of it, John. I'm, I'm a little nervous about it. Again, like I said, I'd rather have Chip have this power than, than be gone. Uh, and if I had to choose between Chip and Howie and who I want to have more power, it's going to be Chip. Uh, so I'm okay with it from that angle. I, I don't think they really had a choice. I don't think Lori had a choice, especially after the gamble firing. Uh, but ultimately, I'm wary of it, John. I'm nervous. You know, I think if you're just looking at percentages, uh, a large percentage of these types of situations do not work out for the best. And I think that's that absolutely has to be taken accounted for. And we and we all know that. And I think that everybody kind of made great points about that either side, even with people who don't. Or, or who agree with this move, and, and you have to realize that going forward of like this could either this could set the franchise back 
a big time or it can roll out the way it's going to. And James touched on a point of if you're if if there's this kind of and first of all, let me just say this. Both of these guys are fucking babies. But I mean, like the this is ridiculous that all the stuff you've heard walking up to this and Adam Kaplan, who I trust as a source of information, uh, also with Tim McManus, I trust that as a source of information and you got to put these things together as best you can because we're never going to know exactly who did what or anything but we definitely know that they weren't communicating back and forth and i think gamble more or less was that caveat in between those two guys Uh, you know he was kind of the messenger uh of that so when you have that for months going on and and this is what adam kaplan had stressed is like there's no way that tom gamble should have been fired in the first place um, I don't know what kind of relationship that he has or what he formerly did with the Eagles, and I can't remember that uh, at the go, but this should have never happened in the first place, right? I, I think that if you're going to have a power struggle like this, and it, it's either one guy or the other, there is no, so, you know, past that point, yes, they should have talked about it, but now, now that it's here, you know, who you, who would you want the hands of the franchise in? And, I'm, and I got to say, as much as, how he does, and, 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 you know, what he's given credit for, I don't think it would be bad if if that was in that position there. But Chip's a guy that lives and breathes football. And I'm not saying that you have to have a football guy, and Roseman's obviously proved that. I think there's just way too much crap that gets slung either way here. You know, Roseman, oh, he only, t- you know, takes credit for this. It, there's a lot of picking and choosing of what exactly happens, which leads to kind of this other story here of what chip wanted in the first round that that came out and brandon i'm going to ask you this and this is kind of the thing that opened my eyes a little bit here too is you know chip kelly reportedly wanted jordan matthews in the first round um and from everything else that i've heard this week it didn't sound like tom gamble's idea was to draft marcus smith there so i'm i'm going to assume and that's always a poor thing to do but that is uh, you know a howie's spot there so uh, it told me two things. One, they really they weren't either one of them weren't interested in a quarterback. So I think the the whole is the is Nick Foles, you know, uh, Chip Kelly's guy or whatever. I think it was at least last year going into this thing. And two, you know, what's on Chip's board next? You know, I think that's that's the next thing that hopefully maybe some little thing will pop out of here and that will tell us something. But. You know, does do you have any takes on on any of that and and the leakage of all this other information that's coming out? Yeah, and then following up on the thing about Marcus Smith, uh, Jason Cole, who did report the Jordan Matthews thing, did say that uh, he didn't really a hundred percent say that how he didn't pick him, but he kind of did say that yeah. he didn't say how he picked Marcus Smith. So, you know, I guess maybe that we're all just guessing. That's part, yeah, of, we're all guessing. part of, of this. Right. Uh, that I think we need to always put a disclaimer on anything here is I feel like, you know, we, we think we get a better read on all this stuff. And this is everyone here. This, this isn't just, you know, us or whoever. It's just, you know, this is, this is all stuff beh- happening behind closed doors and we're just not there. We don't really understand the full scope. But getting to your point about Jordan Matthews. I think this is a, a big reason why uh, it's certainly fair to be concerned about Chip's evaluation because we know for a fact Jordan Matthews would have been a reach in the first round. That doesn't mean it would have been a bad pick because he had a good year and he looks to be a good player. 
but we know for a fact he would have been available later because he lasted until pick 42 where the Eagles had to trade up for him. And, you know, you saw the same thing with uh, Taylor Hart. And, okay, so before I get into the Taylor Hart thing, okay, yes, this was a report. Maybe someone leaked it. Maybe it's true or not. I don't know. I think it is based on, I think, just how Chip really did dislike Matthew so much. But report or not, Chip Kelly himself admitted that he wanted Taylor Hart in the third round. You know, a guy who uh, a lot of people are high on. I know Fran Duffy of the Eagles website likes him a lot, and that's not just because he like he works for the Eagles. He actually really likes him. Dan, you know, Dan Klausner really likes him. But, you know, he was a guy who was inactive all year, very talented defensive line position. So, you know, it's not the end of the world. It's not like there was these nobodies in front of him he couldn't get active over. Uh, but still, that's a guy how our chip wanted in the third round, and we know for a fact he was available in the fifth. So it's kind of concerning from that standpoint. I think people will counter with, yeah, but Chip listened to Howie. Well, that's true, but now he doesn't have to. There's, there isn't that same kind of accountability there. So you do kind of worry. And I think that's why whoever Chip hires, I don't know if they're really going to call him a GM. He might just be like a, a player personnel executive. Whoever this guy Chip hires to help him uh, you know, make these kind of decisions, you know, he's going to need to be a guy that – that's not just a yes man and a guy who can get in there and, you know, say, hey, this guy's going to be available later. Like, you have to listen to me. We can't just, you know, you can't just take a player because you like him. Uh, although, obviously, it is important getting the right players. But yet there has to be some kind of understanding of where you can get them. Because in the meantime, you might be missing out on the other players that are, A, more talented or B, the ones you want. So, it's all very complex here. Yeah, and I just, to that, and I get that for sure. Of like, yeah, I don't have to listen to you if I if if I if you know for sure. Well, that's that's one thing that I think has been expressed too is how he's been really great at knowing what where other teams are drafting and and what they want and what they're going to take. I think he's really tuned into that. I think that's one of his bigger strengths, along with everything else. But to, to me, when people say that and said, "Well, now Chip's not going to listen to anybody," I I, I don't I, I don't get that. Well, it's not that he he might not. Either. You, you could be right, but it's just the, the fear is that he, he doesn't have to. Like before, like he theoretically had to because how he had, you know, X amount of power. Like right. Now there's no accountability is the it's, it's it's all going on what he wants to do. Like if he wants to listen to it, that's that's the concern. Where, sure, sure. And James, do you think that I mean, do you think Chip would ultimately not listen to Howie now at this point now that he doesn't have to or so who else is going to be there? I mean, I would think that even if they hate each other, which it apparently it looks like they do, uh, that there would at least be a messenger boy back and forth where I, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to wrangle this guy's skull now, but he does create value for those types of things. Do you see that as a problematic situation? I don't know if problematic's the right word. I, I don't think Chip is going to go to Howie on these things. I, I think that Brandon's, uh, you know, point is a lot more salient. Yep. I think they need to hire someone who, you know, and ultimately, again, it's someone who Chip's going to sign off on, obviously. But they need to hire someone who's willing to tell Chip, no, you're wrong. We need to wait around or, or you know, you can't take this guy here. I promise he'll be here in a round. He'll be here in two rounds, whatever it may be. There's going to have to be someone who's willing to not just agree with Chip because Chip was the one who essentially hired him. Uh, and that's the uncomfortable dynamic with all this. The idea that Chip is able to go out and hire whoever he wants to be his 
de facto general manager, um, you know, it's just you just got to hope, really, that that, that they're going to bring someone in who's not going to kowtow. And ultimately, I mean, for what it's worth, what we know of Chip Kelly, Chip doesn't seem like someone who wants a yes man around. He does seem to to want to hear new ideas and, you know, think differently about things. So I don't you know, there's no evidence to say that Chip would be against having someone in that role who would speak back to him and say no. But ultimately, if it's not someone like that, it could be a, a big problem. And I want to go back to just what Brandon was talking about as far as like, you know, the, the, the two things that I remember hearing was if we, well, and this is just my opinion too, if they ended up reaching for uh, uh, Jordan Matthews in the first round at the 26 spot, I don't think, it, I, I think that's okay. Considering that like, that's my guy and, Go ahead, uh, but wasn't there also a report saying that you know Chip is Chip reached out to Josh Huff and says we're going to come get you in the third round and we're getting the family back together and all that other crap too, or is that after the fact that he already passed on Hart? Yeah, I don't remember. I remember Chip saying he made a promise they're going to draft him. I don't think it was in the third round. I never remember that part. I couldn't find anything about that. Okay, maybe maybe I have that. I, I don't know. That's why I just don't. I don't fully buy. You know all, all that stuff too, and then I'm not just I'm not saying it, it can't be true either. Um, but yeah, I mean, in those types of situations, I think those are the scariest part of wow. I mean, if you were really wanted to see a bad draft, they could go ahead. But I mean, Roseman's got to be on the hook for some of that too. You know, I I don't know how much overriding power that uh, how he has or or whatever. I I, I just I, I don't know. It's so confusing, and there's been so many different takes of. Well, this guy's doing this, and that's for sure. And this guy's doing this, and that's for sure. And I think this. Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of people pointed that out on Twitter. They're like, "Oh, well, how does this really change anything?" I don't think that's a uh, a good take. <laughs> I think yeah, yeah. how he definitely did have a lot more power than he does right now, which is literally like it's literally none now. Yes. Before it was definitely greater than literally none. I think you look at some of the draft picks even, and you can see that. Like Jalen Watkins, that's not a chip guy to me. No. That's a Howie guy. He, he's Howie's a Florida guy, and Jalen Watkins is a Florida guy. I mean, to me, that's pretty clear. That's a Howie pick right there. So, I mean, I don't think you're going to see that same kind of thing. Before, well, we can finish talking about the draft if you want, but I want to get into how you know this really impacts free agency, and not only free agency, but just internal operations and in terms of you know who are the Eagles going to cut, who are they going to keep. I think this this is a really big factor in this respect because you look at what Chip Kelly values, and that's continuity. You know, that's something we saw last offseason. They they made some moves. I think they made a decent amount of moves. They got Malcolm Jenkins, Darren Sproles, Nolan Carroll, and so on. But they still had a lot of cap space left. Probably could have maybe went harder after a cornerback, arguably. Uh, I, I think, you know, maybe Chip values continuity to a fault to a certain extent. Yes, I think. He, you look at Howie Roseman, and that was a guy who made more trades than anyone. He loved to make trades. So, you know, maybe you're losing that now. Uh, you know, uh, and in terms of uh, continuity going into the culture thing, you know, is, is there going to be too much of an emphasis on players who, you know, may, might not be as talented but are, you know, good quote-unquote culture fits? And then just... Or scheme fits for that matter. Right. And then leading into, and that all leads into uh, veterans, you know, like, is Chip going to keep guys around too long, like D'Amico Ryans, uh, or that's just one example, Trent Cole, whoever, you know, is, is, are, 
because he values those guys a lot. I think we can say that. Like you, you know mm-hmm. how he talks about D'Amico. You know how he talks about his veterans. He loves those guys, Brent Selleck. And, you know, you worry about that, too, because you worry, you know, is he going to keep guys past their prime? I don't know. That's just a concern. I think that's fair to have right now. Yeah, James, you feel the same way about that as far as free agency and things goes? Yeah, I mean, I think Brandon made a really good point that how he seems like, a, you know, how he was a wheeler and dealer, how he was always looking to make moves, always looking to, to you know, not necessarily looking at nostalgia or anything like that and, and just looking towards the future. And I just don't think we have enough of a book on what Chip's going to be like in that situation. We don't know really, you know, I mean, look, as far as free agency goes, we've got, you know, Malcolm Jenkins really and some special teams guys. We don't we don't really know what Chip's going to do. I think this is going to be a really telling and really interesting offseason for Chip, the, the player personnel guy. Well, yeah, and there is, you know, I think that, as soon as it's funny too, because as soon as Tom Gamble was fired, I was like, finally, we will have an answer on exactly how Howie Roseman drafts, because that's 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 going to be it, you know. Um, but I just and a lot of people, I think, jump to Chip had his hands all over this draft and da 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 da. What I really think happens now, now that we're seeing all this, is this is confused miscommunication of of this is basically what happened is those two guys fighting over what what exactly they wanted uh and, and this is what you got you know and i don't know if that's good you know, maybe maybe that's a good thing that that ends up as we talk about keep going forward we're like yeah you need that conflict but man i don't know if you're not on the same page you're going to get a lot of these types of drafts where there might be like one or two good players and and, and so forth and i'm not saying chip kelly on his own is going to do that or roseman on his own would do that um it's um yeah i, I don't know i i i really think that's that's where the problem is. And I know Mike Kay and I know Dave Mangles have a humongous problem with this as far as there should never be, there should never, ever, ever be just one guy in charge of personnel and doing all this other stuff. Um, I, I don't know if Kelly's going to be that kind of ironclad on everything. We don't know. Nobody has knows. But we, I think the thing we jump to the most is, well, it doesn't happen that often in the NFL. And that's true. But we also can't bring up the fact of how be, bad GMs run their team. You know, I mean, we say that all the time of just like, why on earth would they do this? You look at Buffalo, that's a freaking disaster. And, I, and I'm not saying that Howie Roseman's any close to Doug Whaley or, or you know, the Snyders or anybody else or Oakland or Dallas. You look at the whole structure over there, they make those moves, guys. I mean, you're watching uh, uh, Detroit and Dallas right now. It hasn't ended it. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't want a Jason Garrett type of situation either. I think if there's a, a talented enough coach like Chip Kelly – um, I know a lot of people think that he hasn't earned the right to to do this type of thing. You know, he hasn't won a playoff game yet, all that other stuff. But I, I think he's I think he he's the at the point of where he lives and breathes football enough to make it work anyway. Because even with Bill Belichick, you can argue that a lot of their drafts are are pretty bad. You know, but but somehow they he makes it work. <laughs> But they also, they also, as we were just talking about, they know when to cut bait on guys. I mean, sure. how many of those those legendary guys who actually won Super Bowls there? You know, the 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 Brewskis of the world, the the Willie McGinnis. I mean, guys that that he was with Dion Branch, guys he was really into get rid of, even though they were big parts of of championship teams to kind of move the team forward into the future. And I think that's a critical part of being a player personnel guy. And I think that's something where Belichick has really thrived. Oh, sure. I mean, like, yeah, the trading uh, the all pro guard for, you know, a tight end, which was a need. Yeah, like, Logan they, they, Mankins. Yeah, right. exactly. So uh, it, there's that stuff too. But I mean, 
with this, Brandon, do you really? I, I know you're you can't answer definitively because we have really no information to go on. But are do you feel that this is going to set the franchise back? Uh, I think it could. I don't think. Uh, or or forward. I mean, like, do you? I mean, do you think that yeah. this is a good idea, regardless? Uh, Oh, I think it's a good idea, you know, because as James said earlier, I mean, it was basically their only choice. I mean, you didn't want to lose Chip Kelly because uh, there's only one Chip Kelly. There's probably more Howie Rosemans than there are Chip Kellys. Uh, it, it's hard to say. I think it could be damaging. But going back to the point I made at the beginning of the show, if that's going to be the case and if you are going to go down, you want to go down with the captain, right? You don't want to go down on the ship without him. So. <laughs> Uh, I really think if he's going to drive the franchise into the ground, I think that would be a bad situation, obviously. But I think you could look back and be like, hey, you know, I think this was the best way to do it because I think it would have been bad to have him fail in a situation where he couldn't pick the players he want or, you know, there was circumstances out of his control that led to his failure because then you would, you know, fear that he would go somewhere else, whether that's back to college or somewhere else in the NFL, and then be successful. You know, if he's going to fail, let him fail on his own merit. Uh, one thing we haven't talked about <laughs> that I'll, I'll loop into this question yeah, is beautiful. the quarterback position, which yeah, I yeah. think is pretty important. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone's like, oh, this means, you know, maybe there's a better chance they can get Mariota. You know, that's probably not true just because of the fact that it doesn't matter what the Eagles offer to those teams at the top, I'm pretty sure – you know, they're going to want a quarterback. The Buccaneers are bad. They're, they need a quarterback. So, And same thing with the Titans and whoever's up there. So I don't really think that makes it more likely to get him specifically. But I, I think you know you look at it and you're like, well, what's stopping him now from making a big offer like that? Or not even just getting one of those guys at the top, but just any quarterback he kind of wants. I mean, I think now you know he has a lot more reign to pick that guy, I think. You know, Nick Foles is coming off a questionable season and you're heading into Chip Kelly's third year. And even if you're a big believer in Nick Foles, well, you know, let's say he doesn't do so hot in 2015 again. And you're looking at the fact that he's a free agent and they have to make a decision on him. Not only that, but, you know, Chip Kelly in that case, and I'm looking too far ahead here, but, you know, he'd be he'd be heading into his fourth season. And he's only under contract for five years without a quarterback. So, you know, this is this is going to be a big priority, uh, whether that's, you know, fixing foals or whatever. They're going to have to find an answer to this. And, uh, you know, I think, does this help with that? Maybe. I think it, it definitely, like I said, it definitely gives him uh, stronger control over the whole process, which is, which is what you want to see. That's the other thing. As I've said, if you want to see Chip Kelly fail in his own merit, I think you also want to see him fail with the quarterback that he picks not someone who he had to work with and was stuck with. Yeah, that's what I think. That's what scares me out of this whole thing too. Is, um, I, yeah, I mean, not that anybody could see it coming, obviously, but the, I mean, quarterback wasn't even on their mind in this draft, not even close to it. So it's just like I, I don't know. They obviously have to do something um, with it. They have to, but uh, yeah, James, one way or the other, how are you feeling about this? 
Well, I think Brandon alluded to a lot of it. I, I think the best thing here is there's accountability. You know, we know there's no good, there's no longer going to be, was that a Chip Kelly pick or a Howie Roseman pick? You know, who drafted Marcus Smith? We're going to know who has complete control over shaping this roster, over putting the players on this team. And as fans, as commentators, as as anyone dealing with the team, that that's a positive thing for us because we know who to blame, we know who to, to cheer, and, and so on and so forth. You know, I don't know if it's going to work out. It's a, it's a cop-out answer, but, uh, you know, I, I believe in Chip Kelly, especially Chip Kelly, the coach. I think he's innovative. I think he's willing to try new things. I think he's brought in a program that, that has, you know, had an effect. I, I think it, I think it's, there's resonance there with within the locker room, within the players, but ultimately I, I just know nothing of him as a, a player personnel guy. I just don't know anything. I know the type of players he likes, but you know, you hear stories like taking Taylor Hart in the third round instead of the fifth. And, and that scares you because it shows a, a, a lack of awareness for, for draft dynamics, for those types of things. And I just don't know, you know, there's a guy who, who hasn't been in the NFL until two, until two years ago. It's not like he's a, a NFL veteran or an old assistant coach or anything like that. I mean, this guy's done zero in the NFL until two years ago. Um, so I don't know. I, I, it makes me nervous, but at the same time, as I said before, and as Brandon reiterated, they didn't have a choice. They had to give him this this power if they wanted to keep him. And and in that case, I'm I'm very happy they did. But one last point, also with the the Foles thing, I I think Foles is going to be the starting quarterback next year. I, oh, sure, yeah. You know, I think we're I think we're setting that. And I think that you know, if it's the Mariota thing, like you said, it's just not going to happen. I mean, it's a nice pipe dream, but. You know, we should be paying attention to the third, fourth round quarterback that Chip can draft and maybe develop. Uh, I'd like to add to my uh, whatever it takes hashtag. And with that, uh, I would like to say hashtag Cutler for Lovey. Because, that, I mean, honestly, that's that's what needs to happen. Um, and it's not like the Bears wouldn't want, you know, something out of that deal. But that's I, literally, if they trade for a veteran quarterback and want to do that, I think that's the only way that really happens and then they can dangle that for for whatever price and even then i you know it's a it's a far pipe dream just like everybody was saying here the only thing that i'll say about this is i again we're all being wishy-washy because i i, I think we don't want to look like dicks really i mean it's just like yeah uh, no it won't work or yes it won't work i don't i don't know you know i and i, I want to believe that chip kelly is smart enough to realize that he doesn't know everything which i think is getting lost in that as well um, and also just to say that I don't think Howie Roseman sucks, but I don't think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread either. And, you know, there's been reports of that, that he's not that respected around the league either. So, and, and that comes from a different, that comes from a bunch of different guys. It comes from like all the early reports with the, you know, sources from wherever. And probably some of them are, you know, the guys that work at ESPN and Lewis Riddick. And I'm sure Joe Banner chimes in on that. And when the Eagles don't talk, that's where those guys get those stories from and all that other stuff. I get that. Um, but I look at this as, you know what, it, it, it doesn't happen that often and for good reason, and there aren't a lot of good head coaches in this league, and you'll see that happening a, a lot of, yes, the GM should be making the calls. Um, you know, like R- Ryan Griggs in, in in Indianapolis, God bless him. I don't think he's a great GM, but I think I would rather have him, him doing that over Pagano, you know, and all those other guys down there. There are times when you need that because guys are strictly – I'm a, I'm a football coach, and this is what I do in X's and O's and all that stuff. I really do think that I look at Chip Kelly and I see Jimmy Johnson, uh, and that's and that might that's probably just a, a Homer optimistic view point of it. But that's how I look, and he's not going to be perfect. And I'm sure there's going to be a lot of questionable picks of like, what the hell are you doing there? But um, you know, I I think there are going to be 
there there are going to be times where he finally might eventually get it in this uh, in this span here. Um, I'm hopeful that it works out, even though that it, the the NFL booklet is telling you that it's not going to happen that way. So um, I don't know. I think he's I think he's too smart to fail, and that's I, you, that's from like a very happy I like Chip Kelly type of perspective. But don't get it twisted. You know, both of these guys made mistakes coming into this thing. Um, it's not what you wanted to happen, but. You know, hopefully we'll have more information as this rolls out. Final thoughts from anybody, guys? Yeah, I think you look at how the 49er situation played out where it had to to be where uh, Jed York had to pick between Balk and Harbaugh, and he lost a really good coach. I think you have to give credit here to Jeffrey Lurie, who kept not only his star head coach, but Howie Roseman, who, you know, love him or hate him, he's a pretty good cap guy, and that's what he's going to be doing now. So I think the fact that they were able to keep him is, is pretty good. Uh, and, and in terms of just totally off topic of all of this, you know, I'd like to say thank you guys, not only you here on the show, John and James and the rest of the crew for a great season, despite not the most ideal finish, but, you know, very good year on the podcast, I would say, for all of us. Uh, great year for BGN. Thanks to everyone who supported. Uh, Happy New Year. Have a great year. James, final thoughts, my friend. Yeah, I'll just go with that. Happy New Year. Have a great year. Thank you to everyone listening and everyone who does it. Um, yeah, it's interesting, uh, Brandon, when you pointed out the San Francisco situation. I can't remember who I was talking to, uh, but it's amazing that it maybe it maybe this ends up being uh, that better that it happened now rather toward the end of Chip's contract because you know if maybe maybe losing or getting out of the playoffs would have that would have erupted something in San Francisco. But um, I'm going to end this thing on a. On a sadder note, and a, maybe more of a happier note, is is what I'm saying. And uh, uh, Stuart Scott passed away today. Um, and I just want to say this, that I, he was one of my uh, big influences as a kid growing up and watching Sports Center and all that stuff. I'm just going to leave you with the story that I know f- from him. I, was, I had just moved to Los Angeles, and I was working in a restaurant. Uh, I think it was around the time where the NFL Network had just started and Rich Eisen came and take, took over. Um, they had both walked in and I was just like flabbergasted by everything. And there's all these celebrities and stuff and a bunch of actor wannabe actors, obviously working in there. And, um, you know, I just, I, I don't know. I went up to both of them and I just shook their hand and I said, you guys are the reason, one of the big reasons why I got into broadcasting and all that stuff. And they laughed and, and they looked at me and they said, dude, you got Kevin Bacon and Kira Cedric sitting and dining back there and you're coming up to us. That's incredible. It's like, you got, I was like, that is, that's not, that is not smooth and all this other stuff. And it was right. I think it was right around the time where it was a Pittsburgh Seattle Super Bowl and all that stuff. So I just want to say rest in peace, Stuart Scott. You were a huge, um, humongous, uh, part of uh, the, the career life that I wanted to emulate and all that stuff. And, Sorry to his family and all that. But with that, I don't want to end on too, sour, uh, too sorry of a note as, of course, I'm going to be uh, having a little bonus with Mike K and maybe Dave Mengels. So we'll be going back and forth and chapping each other's ass because we disagree on all things Eagles. But uh, keep it locked in right here for Brandon Lee Gowden, for Mr. James Elzer, for myself, John Barchard. Thank you so much for listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and LibertyBroadcast.co. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network.